0: Good morning! How are we doing? A couple of people are okay, that's good. Uh, I'm okay as well. Uh, My name is Chris um, and Jenny and I are excited to be um, sharing with you the next part of our series, our Jesus Culture series this morning. Um, It's something that we're very passionate about. Um, I spend a lot of time thinking about this on a day-to-day basis Um, And we're going to be looking at how God wants his church around the world and also specifically really here in Helsham, to be a worship-filled church. So I'm going to pray as we start um, and then we'll get going. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be here upon us this morning. God, I thank you that you speak to us through your word. God, I thank you that your spirit rests upon us as we listen to your word. As we dwell on your word. God, I pray that you would change our hearts this morning. God, I pray that you would speak to us in ways that you've not spoken to us this morning. And God, I pray you would mold and shape our lives to worship you more and more every day. So I'd just like to um, start by sharing with you a little bit about myself. Um, I've been here quite a long time, 29 years, um, but not all of you have, so um, I'm going to share with you a little bit about myself, um, what I do when I'm not in this building. So like I said, my name is Chris, um, and Jenny is down here, this is my wife, and we have two young girls who run around the front most of the time, and we spend half of our life restraining or chasing um, in some fashion or another. Um, when I'm not here... I work as a carpenter, uh, 45 hours of the week. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it uh, basically means I build stuff out of wood. It um, sounds a bit boring, but I really love it. And I've been doing that for the last nine or ten years or so. Um, it's my privilege to spend some of my time looking after the worship team here at Christchurch. We're so blessed to have such a great team Um, serving us. I think Joey did a great job this morning um, and the band as well um, in leading us in a time of worship. Uh, I'm doing a two-year course uh, diploma in theology and leadership along with five others from the church, um, which I'm just loving so much, um, learning so much and just being built up so much and encouraged so much. Um, And so I've just started my second year in that and it's going well. Uh, And then the rest of the time, uh, I just spend with my family, um, enjoy that time together. So that's a little bit about me. Um, There is more to know, but I won't bore you. Um, And the reason I wanted to share that with you this morning is because, as you'll know, most of the time, our lives don't look like what we might refer to as worship. Do they, you know, the day-to-day things that we do, we might not refer to them. As worship. There's always something to be done. There's always somewhere to be. There's always somewhere uh, to go or uh, someone bit to be with. And so as I unpack this morning um, about what it is to be a worship-filled church, I'd just like us to be bearing in mind that a worship-filled church doesn't mean what we, just what we do here on a Sunday morning. It's talk, I'm talking about what we do in our everyday lives. So it's about our whole lives right across the spectrum, And our encouragement to us this morning as a church and what I hope we'll come across in the next half an hour is that we have a God who loves our worship. He loves it when we worship him. And he's so incredible that we're going to be spending the rest of eternity enjoying and understanding and grasping just how amazing he is. And the second thing is that as we align our hearts with God's heart, we can be sure and we can know that everything that we do is an act of worship and it will bear much fruit. So let's start with the definition of worship. Oxford Dictionary is a good place to start here. Um, so it says, a feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. Um, or in our case, um, a feeling or expression of or reverence and adoration for our one true God uh, it says in Matthew twenty-two, thirty-seven, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul together in the order actually with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind the Westminster Catechism asks and answers this question what is the chief and highest end of man Man's chief and highest end is to glorify God and to fully enjoy him forever. Isn't that great? And when you become a member here at Christ Church, hopefully you um, you will be familiar with hearing what our culture of worship looks like. Um, If you're not familiar with that, I think it should appear on the screen in just a second and I'll read it out. Um, This is what we believe God has called us here Um, to be at Christchurch, both corporately and individually, our whole lives, all that we are, do and say, should be a worship offering, bringing glory to God. That's great, isn't it? Um, It sounds quite daunting, actually, doesn't it? Our whole lives being a worship offering, but it's our original purpose. That is what God has created us to do. Um, But we have a problem, don't we? Um, hopefully, you'll know we've got a problem, uh, we've got a sin problem. So, I'm just going to go back to the beginning now, um, just as an overview for those of you who aren't familiar with the gospel and, and the story of the Bible. Um, so, as we go back to the beginning where God created Adam and Eve, we see that God created them in perfect harmony with Himself. And Adam and Eve's affections are with God alone, and their worship is to God alone, isn't it? And then the next thing we see is that Adam and Eve are tempted by Satan to disobey God. And as they disobey God, sin and corruption enter the world. And worship which was once given only to God had now been perverted. And instead of worshipping God, Adam and Eve and their offspring and so on and so forth start worshipping other gods. They start worshipping idols and other things. And they start doing things for their own satisfaction and not God's satisfaction. They start getting caught up in sin, in jealousy and in greed and in violence and in murder. And the list goes on and on. And that has been the trajectory of mankind throughout history. That there is a God who deserves our worship. He deserves worship from every living thing. But as a consequence of our sin, it's meant that we have gone astray and we've started to worship other things. Uh, and if you want to do some uh, reading on that, a bit of evidence, basically just start at Genesis and keep reading through the Bible until you get to the end, okay? It's, um, it's all there. Uh, <laughs> it's quite simple really, isn't it? Um, I've just been reading through the book of Judges at the moment um, and it's, it just seems crazy and silly at some points the, the um, perpetual motion of man's sin, um, then God's judgment against that sin uh, towards man, and then mat- and then God's mercy despite that sin. And it just goes over and over again, just repeats itself. And actually, that's a, that's a really important picture um, as we look throughout the Bible of the trajectory of our sin um, across history. And as we look around us today. Um, The evidence is unanimous, isn't it? Um, uh, That we give worth to stuff, you know, we give worth to things, we give worth to people. Um, From the moment we're born, we find something that's worthy of our adoration. Um, And then we prioritize those things that we give worth to, whether it be friends and family. It's good to give worth to friends and family. Um, whether it be to work or to fashion or to your pet or to another god or maybe it's money or food or sex um, or power tools, if you're like me, I like power tools. We always give worth to stuff, don't we? But the question is, who do we give worth to or what do we give worth to and why do we give worth to it? So, for example, it's good to give worth to our families, isn't it? I hope you all agree that families um, are worth our respect and our time. But God teaches, um, and Jesus teaches us that, and uh, makes it incredibly clear in Luke 14:25 to 27. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here: that anyone who puts their family above following Him is not worthy to be His disciple. Here's another example: it's good to give worth to your work um, the very first thing that God instructs man to do is to work the ground so we know that that's an instruction from God um, but if the reason that we work is to get as much money as possible then we're not worshipping God, we're worshipping money aren't we um, and Matthew 6.24 is just a little verse um, to back that up it says that man cannot have two masters um, Man cannot serve both God and money. So here's a few things, hopefully they'll come up on the screen in a minute, um, in the 21st century um, that distract us from God. Um, hopefully it's going to be quite a practical um, uh, preach this morning in terms of um, our thinking um, in how we work this out in our day-to-day. So material things in at number one. So you've got things like money, money, uh, fashion, TV, box sets cars, that kind of thing um, I can tell you this material things are a short term gratifier okay? worshipping material things will only make us greedy for more and the more we get the more we will realise that they will never ever satisfy our deepest needs they're a distraction aren't they In at number two, career and power and sex and that kind of thing. So all these things are good when used in the right way. Work is good. Um, Power and leadership are good. When done correctly, they bring order out of chaos. Um, They help societies to progress. Um, They even help churches to progress. Um, sex is a good thing inside of marriage as God has intended it for, um, for husband and wife. Yet when we make any of these things a recipient of our worship, they will let us down and they will lead us away from God's intention for our lives. They are neither worthy of our worship and they will not, and they will not satisfy our deepest needs. Then, in at number three, family and friends. I've already spoken about this a little bit, but I just want to expand slightly. Um, God has created us to enjoy community together, hasn't He? To enjoy community um, as a family, to, one, to love one another, to look after one another, to be with one another. But they don't deserve our worship. Families get things wrong, they break, they break down sometimes. Sometimes they'll let us down. Friendships let us down. They fade and they break. Spouses, don't treat your spouse like a god. I know it sounds silly to say. Um, <laughs> some of you might think, I never treat my, treat my spouse like a god. But it's a really important point. Don't worship your spouse because they can't handle that kind of pressure. Um, and the same with your children as well. Don't worship Your children, they can't handle that kind of pressure. Give them worth, but do not worship them. They're an amazing blessing from God, but do not worship them. It says this in Exodus 22, as as Jesus speaks to Moses, and this kind of just sums up um, all those things. Have no other God before me. Have no other God before me. Whether it be material things, whether it be other people, whether it be other gods, have no other God before me. And so before we go any further, I just want to ask us a question. um, And I want you to ask this to yourself um, really honestly today. And the question is this. What do you give the most worth to in your life? What do you give the most worth to? in your life or maybe I could ask that question in another way what is the most precious thing that if it were taken away you couldn't live without I'm going to give you more than three seconds to think about that because that's quite a big question a little thing Jesus said this this is the most important thing that we can do as human beings and as Christians. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. I read it earlier. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So if you can remember anything from this morning, I'd like you to remember that verse. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Um, so we talked a little bit about What we shouldn't worship, uh, or what's not good to worship, and who is good to worship. But how on earth does that play out in our everyday lives? How does that look like when I'm doing the food shopping, which has happened once in the last nine years, um, or washing the car, or hammering nails, or going to school, or just doing the day-to-day things, looking after your kids? Um, How does that look? What does that look like in our everyday lives? And I'd just like to, um, before I just um, go through that, I'd just like to outline it with um, a verse from John. It's John four twenty four. It might come up on the screen, I'm not sure. God is spirit, and those who worship him must do it in spirit and in truth. It's really important when we think about how we worship, that we do it not in our own strength, but we do it out of spirit. Um, and that's God's spirit that he's put upon our lives as spirit-filled Christians. I think what Si said last week was great about um, it's like having a car, isn't it? It's like being in a car um, and not filling it with fuel. Um, it's a bit like that when we're Christians, isn't it? If we don't get filled with the spirit, everything is a struggle, everything is difficult. But God wants to put his spirit in us, wants to fill us with his spirit day by day as we worship him. So first of all, our time and our priority Let's, let's give God our time, and let's make that time with him a priority. That doesn't mean you have to read your Bible every waking hour of the day, um, although it's really important to do that as well. Um, but it's practical, isn't it? We can do things in practical ways. If you, if you own a dog, for example, um, and you like to go out for a walk, for a couple of times a day, then that's just such a great opportunity, isn't it? To spend time with God. Um, I love that Martin Reed has a bench in Abbotswood. Um, that he, where is Martin? Is he here? Is it? You've got a bench, haven't you? It's not your bench, but you, ha- you have a bench that you go to. <laughs> it's pretty much your bench. Um, that you go to in Abbotswood and you spend time with God. That's just an amazing thing to do. Um, if you have a long commute to work in the morning, if you're, if you're on the train for an hour or so, that's a great opportunity to spend time with God and to listen to a worship album or read God's Word or just pray and listen to God. Um, I have to say that, um, what does that be? Sleep. Or sleep. Um, yeah, God can speak to you through dreams as well. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say some of the best times of worship that I've had haven't been up here on a Sunday morning um, but actually I've been on the way to work as I'm driving to work and listening to a worship album um, praying to God with my eyes open um, and just just spending time worshipping God um, it's just an amazing thing to be able to do Um, God deserves our time doesn't he he deserves our time and the way I see it is that if we can manage to spend half an hour or an hour or two hours in front of the TV or in front of our tablets or in front of our phones um, each day, then we can give God so much more than that, can't we? Um, because He's worth so much more. Our words and our actions, our words and our actions are an outworking of our soul's intentions. If we do everything in our lives out of a heart of worship, to God then everything we do everything we do whether we muck it up or not glorifies him and his worship to him he always looks at our hearts Jenny's going to be talking in a bit about the heart of David, David having a heart of worship whether it's being patient with a customer um, or being the person that gives friendship um, to someone in your classroom who everyone else avoids or speaking well and honouring your boss at work. That can be quite difficult to do sometimes, can't it, when everyone else has been negative? Litter-picking is worship. As we go out and do Love Helsham. that's worship because we do it out of a heart of worship to serve God. Giving money on a Sunday morning to um, the extension of God's kingdom is worship because we're giving into his kingdom putting chairs out on a Sunday morning everything we do if we do it out of a heart of worship is worship to God isn't it and instead of our if instead our sole intention is to please ourselves then actually none of what we can do can glorify God can it if it's just pleasing our own satisfaction then it doesn't glorify God I think when when someone is being unreasonable or rude it's hard to worship isn't it but actually our heart's response and our worshipful response to that, um, it's been forgiving, isn't it? Um, it's hard to worship at silly o'clock in the morning when your kids are screaming and they don't want to go to sleep. Um, but our worship, our heart's worship is to show patience in those times. Repentance is a great act of worship, isn't it? God calls us to repent daily when we've messed up. Let our words and our actions be worshipped to God. And I just want to finish by talking about our time here on a Sunday morning, our worship time here on a Sunday morning. I don't think it would be right for me to leave that out um, because it's quite key. It's such an important thing, isn't it? Coming together on a Sunday morning, singing our praises to God and worshipping God. And in this context, we can encourage one another. We can build one another. We can celebrate with one, another, one another. We can learn with one another and give glory to God with one another. And if that's our primary purpose as human beings, to give glory to God with one another, then let's not waste that opportunity. My heart is that we get complaints from KFC um, because our singing is so loud that they can't eat their bargain buckets in peace. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable to be known as the church in Sussex that can't stop worshipping. When we join together, we don't come to a performance to be watched or a show to be entertained. We come before the living God who is worthy of our praise and our adoration and our singing. And that's just a continuation of our worship-filled lifestyles. I believe that God is going to be building something in us, in our everyday lives, as we worship him, even through the mundane. I believe that as we worship God, and our, and our worship is a deliberate, sorry, as, I believe that as we make our worship of God our deliberate purpose in our lives, that he will bless us in ways that we haven't seen before here at Christchurch. I believe that as we honour God with our worship, we're going to see healing. I believe that as we honour him with our worship, that as we see unbelievers come into this place, that we will see salvation. The Spirit of God is upon us and he is on the move. Let everything that we do be worship. And that's our starting point, isn't it? Isn't it? Let's give our worship to him because our God never fades he will never change. He will never grow weary. If there is anything or anyone to put your trust in, if there is, any, if there is anyone to lean on when you're in need, if there is anyone you can turn, who can turn your sorrow into joy and your mourning into dancing and your troubles into triumphs, it's our Creator God. The one who cast galaxies into space, who summoned planets into being, who spoke and it was done. The one who created every living organism in its meticulous wonder. The one who causes every breath to enter our lungs and cells to form in our brains. The one who sent his son to die on a Roman cross that we might be delivered from our sin and our self righteousness. The one who crushed principalities and powers and death by raising from the dead. He is the one who deserves our worship, isn't he? He is the one. I'm going to pass you over to Jenny now, and she's going to um, continue talking about worship.
1: Slight panic. I think Chris has taken my notes, so I'm going to check that he has. (laughs) Here we go. There we go. Right, I'm not going to speak for very long. You'll be pleased to know. So I um, thought it would be a bit wrong if we spent half an hour speaking about worship and didn't come back to worship. So we're going to just, I'm going to speak for a few minutes on one of the Psalms and then Joe's going to come back and lead us in a time of worship again. So I want to um, read through Psalm 145 with you this morning, and it's a psalm that's written by David, and actually, as Chris already pointed out, David is a true worshipper, isn't he? And I think one of the things I loved about David is that he's called a a man after God's own heart, and yet, if you look at him, his life is far from perfect, isn't he? He is an adulterer, he arranges to have somebody killed when he realises he's going to get in trouble. He's not always a good guy, he doesn't always do the right thing, but actually, what What he does do is recognise who God is in his life and recognise what God has done for his people and he chooses to worship out of that and worship flows from his heart because of um, not what he's done in his life but because of who God is. And I'm just going to start reading the first seven verses of Psalm 145 if you want to read with me and then I'll come back to the rest of the psalm. I will extol you my God and King and bless your name forever and ever. they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. And actually, as I read through this psalm and was thinking about it, the thing that really struck me is just in those seven verses, David, it describes that David has um, declared, oh, sorry, I'll do it in order for Joel's, (laughs) Joel's benefit, commends or extols, blesses, praises his name commends his works oh lost my face declares his mighty acts meditates on his wondrous works speaks of his awesome deeds and sings of his righteousness and as I looked at all of those things that David did I realised they're really proactive responses aren't they they're choices that David's made so if you're going to meditate on something that involves your time, that involves your energy it involves your brain power and it involves a decision to do that If you're going to extol somebody or praise somebody or declare something, it involves an active response with our mouths, with our brains. We engage and we choose to worship. And that's what David's doing in this psalm. He's choosing to recognize who God is and choosing to worship. And I think so easy it 's so easy, certainly for me sometimes to look at my circumstances or where i 'm at or what is going on in my life and not to recognize what God is doing or what god um, who God is and recognize his character over what is happening around us and actually um, As Chris said, it's so easy to look to other things to fix problems or to make life easier and not to look at who God is and make that conscious decision to um, declare his goodness and his kindness like David does or even to meditate on his mighty acts or wondrous works. And actually when we look through the Bible, we can see God's wondrous works for his people, can't we? We can see in the Old Testament what he did for the Israelites and we can see what he achieved through Jesus on the cross. But actually, in each of our lives, in my life, in your life, if you know and love God here today, he has done wondrous works in your life, hasn't he? You will all have stories of his faithfulness, of when he's been kind and provided for you. You have um, amazing stories of, of God's kindness in your life. And actually, I was so challenged when Sam spoke a few weeks ago about celebrating as a community, celebrating what God's done in our lives, because we have all got wonderful stories that God has done, hasn't, haven't we? everyone's really quiet we have haven't we (laughs) about what God has done in our lives and how he's met our needs where we are and so actually we have all got a plenty to be thankful for and yet you may be far holier than me but in worship it's so easy to slip in that into that mindset when we're worshiping together of oh I wonder what God's going to do for me this morning or I wonder what God might say to me this morning or even if you're Possibly less holy like me, I wish it was ten thirty, and the children would go out so I can get on and worship because sometimes it 's really hard when children are pulling on your legs and you think you might your trousers might come down it's you know it 's a bit distracting from worship sometimes isn 't it but actually it 's so important because when we get God in a right perspective in our lives, our lives will get into a right perspective as well, and God is so kind because although worship is about him and about bringing glory to him he promises that when we come and give him worship he will meet with us and he will minister to us and meet our needs that's how gracious and kind god is he doesn't just say come and give me all the worship that i rightly deserve he says give me the worship that i rightly deserve and i will um draw near and he says in psalm 16 verse 11 his promise is that in your presence there is fullness of joy that when we come into God's presence and worship he will bring joy and he will meet our needs there's no small print with that there's no asterisks or terms and conditions and as Joe was saying this morning and Sam reminded us last week that we get to draw near to the throne of God with confidence and in the um, bit that Sam read in Hebrews last week he reminded us that actually we draw near to the throne of grace and then even as we do that we draw near to God and bring our worship to him It, it promises he will grant us mercy and we find grace in our time of need and that's how kind and gracious our God is this morning. So sometimes it's just a reminder that actually we need to make a decision to look heavenward and to recognize God and not our circumstances. And that's not always easy, is it? When um, you know, when there's college deadlines, when the children are playing up, when you're tired, when um, there's work pressures, through sickness, through financial issues. But actually, our God is worthy of worship for all time and worthy of all praise, isn't he? And he won't change when our circumstances change. He won't feel, become less powerful when we feel powerless. And actually, he is always our ever-present help, even if we feel helpless. And I just wanted to finish this after, this morning. I'm just going to ask Joe then and the band to come up. And I'm just going to read the rest of the psalm out as we go back into a time of worship. Because the psalm is just a beautiful psalm that tells of lots of different characteristics of God and different truths about who God is. And perhaps as the band begins to play and as I read that out slowly, then you might want to um, just capture or think of a couple of those and really just spend time thanking him. If you want to stand, if you want to sit, if you want to close your eyes, you can do whatever you would like. I'm just going to give the guys a couple of minutes to get ready and I'm just going to pray and thank God for who he is god i thank you so much this morning that we even have the privilege to come before you in worship god the god that created the whole universe who made every living thing who made this world and sustains it every um, second so that it continues to do everything that it does is because of your incredible power and yet you choose to love each one of us individually you choose to want to be in relationship with us. You, choose to send your, or you chose to send your only son that you could do that. You chose to allow your son to suffer, to die, and to be humiliated for my sin and for my punishment that I should have had so that I can come freely before you and I can worship and glorify you. God, we declare that you are so awesome this morning and so worthy of our praise, and that's true on a Sunday morning, and that's true on a 3am, as Chris said, on a Wednesday morning, wherever, you, um, wherever we're at, God, that you are always true of our worship, and you're always um, deserving of all our praise, and we want to honour you not just this morning, we want to honour you with our lives, with our hearts with our finances, with our jobs, with our children and our families. God, we want to give you every area of our lives. Amen. You have been listening to a sermon from Christchurch Helsham. For more information or to contact us, visit ChristchurchHailsham.org.